Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. I come to town looking for my love. She's the sweet one, Maggie Coulter. She left the field of her father's farm with a kit bag on her shoulder. We were going to wed in a nearby town when November winds came colder. But she went and cried, she thought I'd die, cause that's what her father told her. She's sure to be wearing a wedding gown as her mother's mum's before her. You'd only have to see her once and you'd know why I adore her. She's got strands of hair like the angels fair and lips like the reddest roses. But I'll tell you now that I'll cut down any man who dare proposes. Little Ishka Baja to open today's show. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott joining you on Oilers. Now, a little East Coast feel, this on the precipice of, uh, well, it's not the precipice. It's on the conclusion of the World Junior Championship, won by Canada. Edmonton's Dylan Gunther scoring the GWG in three-on-three OT last night. I uh, picked up two goals in Canada's big uh, uh, big NHL returnees. Uh, Gunther and Shane Wright came through last night in a thrilling 3-2 victory. This is Oilers Now. It's brought to you by World of Spas. Aching after a long day, World of Spas offers tubs designed with your relief in mind. Rest, recover, and relax with World of Spas, Alberta's number one swim spa dealer. Visit worldofspas.com. Brendan Escott is with us. I'm in the 630 Ched Studios today because today is a CBA-mandated off day for the and Oilers, this on the heels of a uh, maybe their strongest performance of the season, of, uh, certainly with their best first period. I know they got four goals in Seattle uh, a week ago Friday, but there wasn't. Yeah, no, it was a week ago. Uh, but uh, last night was their best first period. Absolutely dominated. The New York Islanders uh, built up a 2 nothing lead, a power play goal, a shorthanded goal, lots of opportunities. I think... Uh, you know, one of the analytics sites out there had the scoring chances 14 to nothing uh, through the first period. Last night's game, Oilers on route to a 4-2 win over New York. Colorado in town tomorrow. Uh, that's an 8 o'clock puck drop. With uh, It'll be Jack Michaels and myself on, on the call of uh, tomorrow night's game. We have a busy show. Uh, we'll be transitioning a, a heavy coaches theme on today's show. Rob Brown from the Oilers Radio Network is... Um, Going to join us today at uh, twelve thirty-five. Uh, Rob does a lot of individual skills coaching these days. We're going to have a. Uh, there's going to be a reoccurring coaching theme on today's show at one o five today. Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft, kind enough uh, to join us. Uh, we'll have a conversation with him. One of the things that we'll discuss is managing the eleven and seven. Because I swear, and I'm going to bring Brendan Escott in right now on this front. Brendan, to me, the Edmonton Oilers appear to be a better team when they go 11 and 7. Uh, Jay brought in 11 and 7. I know the defense don't like it sometimes. Uh, well, you know what? If you don't like it, then you got to be really good when there's six guys. And uh, the reality of the situation is I just think that it, it creates some mismatches because you're able to double shift the likes of a McDavid maybe out against an opposition's third pairing. I don't know what the record is. Guess what I'm going to do tonight? I'm going to work on what that record is, unless Jay just tells us outright, because I'm pretty sure the winning percentage is higher when Edmonton goes 11-7. and 7. But they looked a lot better last night, didn't they? 
I thought so, absolutely. And some of those players who don't necessarily get the major minutes, I think it allows them almost more of an opportunity to capitalize on some of those minutes. I'm looking at Dylan Holloway when I say that, thinking about the game he had. Yeah. He's checking hard right now, Bob, and, and a great goal to sort of punctuate some of the learning he's doing as well. Yeah, he's, you know, there's a player out there, and you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Get the new floors you've always wanted, 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to Ashley Fine floors.com. Of course, the River Cree Resort Casino hotline is at 780-496-0063. The River Cree Resort Casino is open 24-7-365. Excitement bet on it at the River Cree. Um, you know, they had a good game, and the team seems to play better 11-7. and We'll talk a lot about coaching on today's show. Again, Rob Brown at 1235. Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft, who was part of uh, Team North America, the World Cup back, uh, what year was that? Was that 2016? I think it was 2016. Uh, at 135 today, a guy that was involved in the last Canadian team that repeated at the World Juniors, the 2009 team. He was then head coach of the 2010 team. Uh, because the man that was the head coach of the 2009 team ended up being the Edmonton Oilers head coach in 2009-2010, the late, great uh, Pat Quinn. Uh, but at uh, one thirty-five today, the head coach of the Medicine Hat Tigers, Willie Desjardins, is the GM of the uh, head coach of the Tigers. The Tigers are in town tonight at Rogers Place against the Edmonton Oil Kings. Willie has had NHL head coaching jobs with both Vancouver and Los Angeles. I've known him for, oh, geez, uh, 33 years now, uh, dating back to when he was the head coach at the University of Calgary. And he was the head coach in 2010. And, Brendan, here's where uh, we've got Ian Herbers coming up as well, who was involved in Canada's U18 teams over the year, uh, the Golden Bears uh, host Mount Royal. Tell me the truth, because you know what I was doing. Last night in the first period, and this is going to circle back to Willie Desjardins in 2010. Last night in the first period, we had the TVs up in the press box. When it went into three-on-three, which game were you watching? Were you, wa- were you watching the Oilers game? <laughs> we were getting whiplash. I could see both you and I thrashing back left to see the TV, oh, back right to see what the crowd's leaping about. Yeah, that was a pretty fun environment. Yeah, uh, so here's where we talk about. So the 2010 tournament was in Saskatchewan. And that was the year Canada was adorned in green jerseys, which was a brilliant marketing ploy to appease the fan base in Saskatchewan. Not exactly Canadian colors. Well, maybe it's appropriate these days. I don't know. Uh, who's, who's to say, right? But what I do remember, and some of you, uh, some of you can certainly that are listening right now can relate to this, in Rexall Place, on the scoreboard... They put the game on while the Oilers were playing. So they had the Team Canada game against the Americans. Jordan Eberle was, of course, he wasn't up with the Oilers yet at that point. He was the star. They'd rallied against the U.S. I think they were down 4-2 in that game. And uh, Jordan sniped a couple, and then they ended up losing in overtime to John Carlson. But I remember that some of the players that were on the team uh, in that uh, 2009 or 2009 2010 season were not very happy that the game was on the scoreboard. So uh, we didn't have a game on the scoreboard last night. It was an awesome moment, and uh, 20th World Junior Championship for Canada, and they win back to back. And yes, the fans in Halifax, they did an awesome... Now, now here's the deal. It's in a junior market. It's not in the summer. I'm going to defend Edmonton a bit and what happened here. 
you know, we had lots going on with the pandemic. Some of you that are listening to the show right now feel that uh, some of the policies that took place in this country were too restrictive. Others of you would suggest they were not restrictive enough. But the reality is, you know, we had the One World Junior Championship with absolutely nobody in the building. I, I, I was at a bunch of those games, and it was weird. In twenty the the twenty twenty well I, well yeah that would have been the twenty twenty one World Junior Championship, or the one that the Americans won two nothing and Canada played really good throughout that tournament and then in the gold medal game, the U S won two nothing. Then we had the stop and uh, the start and stop of the tournament last winter. Then we had the August tournament and it was just like it was cursed on the heels of the news involving Hockey Canada, and it kind of got back on pace this year. In Halifax, so good for them. Um, the world, I think, though we're told there's another significant variant out there. I think a lot of the world has learned to live uh, with COVID right now, but uh, they certainly partied hard, and it was a raucous feeling last night in Halifax. It was awesome to watch, and again, great to see how many how many Edmonton area kids were on that team. So you had uh, obviously Gunther, who's from Edmonton. There was five, right? Reed Schaefer's from Spruce Grove. Yep. Uh, Olin Zellweger out of Fort Sask. Fort Scott, uh, Doc, Colton Doc from yep. Fort Sask. And then Os Tapchuk. Yeah, Zach Ostapchuk. Right, yeah. who's from St. Albert. So yes. great, great. You know what? We got some people coaching right now that are doing some good things. There's no question. And I have another theory. Do you want to know what the theory is? And some people say, Stoffer, you're an idiot. And I hear that on a regular basis, often at my house after about 8 o'clock at night when I'm suggesting, hey, let's watch the Blues Brothers or something like that. Uh, my theory is this. We saw, it, we saw a influx of Edmonton area players that were pretty good in the early to mid-90s. And they grew up watching the orders of the 80s and some of the star players, okay? Well, the current edition of the Oilers have two of the world's best players, and I know they haven't had the team success that everybody's looking for. And it's all, you know what? It's all fair. If you, you know, if you're firing away overt criticism, eight years into McDavid, yada yada, I, hey, it's all fair. But the one thing that I think happens in that situation is when kids grow up watching those guys. I think it expands their horizons when they watch the video, they watch the highlights. And I think that they try to mimic what some of the guys do. And I think that the skill gets elevated. And yes, I think there's good coaching. But I genuinely believe, I, if you take a look at like from 19, like think of Jerome Ginla, growing up and becoming the player. Who did he watch? And now we've got another group of guys and they, they grew up watching, you know, Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl. And maybe a Ryan Nugent, but more specific to McDavid and Drysaddle. And I think when that happens, and I could be completely out of lunch on this, and maybe I've got revisionist history about the group of the crop of Edmonton area players uh, back in the back in the mid nineties, but it seemed to me there were a lot of them. All right, Brendan's done some work today. By the way, our top story is not what you think. It's for legacy heating and cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling, you need get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a legacy. Legacy heating and cooling. The uh, Edmonton Oilers signed a player today. They signed Justin Bailey. He's a six foot four right wing that was on an American Hockey League deal. Here, here's the deal with Bailey. 
he suffered a significant lower body injury that kept him out of training camp and delayed his start to the season. The plan all along was, once he got up and running, that the Oilers, because they had extra contract space, I think they're at 45 now, uh, with Bailey signed, that uh, they were going to sign him. And so he's, I think he's got, I don't know, 10 points down in the minors this year. He can skate. He's not timid, but he's not aggressive. And what he is is he's a 13, 14, 15 forward. And, you know what I mean? He's had some looks with the Vancouver Canucks. Quick thought from you, Brenda. Well, if he's big enough to change the dynamic and, you know, is I guess has the potential to do so, then it's a great depth ad, right? Like, we didn't think much of the clean cost and trade until a little bit after that when it was called upon. So I don't mind the move. I see that he's been in the organization sowing his oats for half a season or so, and let's see what he can do. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, 1219 in Edmonton, let's get to it. Uh, we are going to head off to the Orders Now Audio Vault. It is presented by Direct Workwear, specialized to work with your business outfit, your crew from head to toe in Edmonton and in Fort McMurray. And let's get to an audio recap of last night's game with Cam Moon on the call. The Edmonton Oilers hosting the New York Islanders. T. Yamamoto, he'll take it down the right wing, in over the line, to McDavid, to the middle, the shot saved by Sorokin. Puck at the side of the net. Now to Newton Hopkins, back to McDavid, to Dreisaitl scores! The one-timer from Leon Dreisaitl, and Edmonton is up 1-0. Well, he finally solved the riddle that is Ilya Sorokin. He didn't have a stick for over 35 seconds. So give it to McDavid over the line to Yamamoto on the right. He'll toe drag it, scores! Tyler Yamamoto! He goes five hole! It's a short handed goal! Yeah, we had a good start, but we got to keep the uh, gas down. Um, you know, it's, it's a good period by us, but um, you know, we have uh, 40 minutes still to go, so we got to keep her, keep her going. Sezikis. Get the puck to Bailey on the right wing. Now to Barzell. Shoot! Scores! Matt Barzell off the crossbar and in. To the blue line, Broberg. To McLeod out to Holloway. Scores! Dylan Holloway with a one-time blast in the high slot. It is dry saddle to get it out. Nice pass. He'll give it to Hyman. Sprung on a breakaway. Hyman scores! Zach Hyman! Leon Dreisaitl just thread the needle on a perfect stretch pass, and Hyman was gone. He deeks, right-handed shot coming off the right side. Oilers up by a score of 4-1. Mayfield keeping it in, directed in front, scores. Clutterbuck with the redirect after Mayfield let it go from the right point, and the Oilers lead cut to 4-2. And the Edmonton Oilers will get the win. 4-2 the final over the New York Islanders. All right, Edmonton gets the victory. Jay Woodcroft, and we'll have Jay on the show today at 105 for a live interview, but he said last night following the game, the players responded uh, well after a disappointing 5-2 loss to Seattle. We have a mature group. Nobody was happy with uh, not closing some games out here on this uh, homestand. And um, it's a credit to our players because the talk on the bench was great, and they went out and executed. So it was feather in their cap. And uh, Jay Woodcroft also added, it's time to find some consistency. In this last 10-game segment, we were 4-4-2, but realistically, we know we could have more wins on the board uh, than just 4-4-2. 7-3 before that, but 4-4-2 in this 10. Um, for me, we got proud people. We got great pros. And, um, you know, they understood, I believe, that... 
there's nothing they could do to change what happened on that, that game stand other than learn the lessons that were taught us. And in the end, they're proud people who played hard for each other and uh, found a way to win a game. All right. And one guy that continues uh, to excite the fans, tell you, it's uh, it's an interesting situation. It, guys here, he's making 750000 People are clamoring for Ken Holland to do something on the defense. The subtlest of additions. Not even a move I'm not convinced I would have made. Clean Costin. Uh, he has... Well, he's caught everybody's eye. Here's Jay Woodcroft. He's a wonderful kid. He has a great personality. He's a popular teammate, somebody who sticks up for his teammates. And he has an element that I don't know that we have a lot of here, which is that he's six foot three and 225 pounds and goes to hard areas. So I'm happy for him personally, um, you know, and he's trying to make the most of that opportunity. And Costin had these comments on playing with Connor McDavid and Connor Yamamoto last night. Oh, these two guys, they're insane. Uh, they have uh, so much skill. You, like like I said before the game, I just need to keep my uh, stick on ice. So, yeah, I got a couple. Uh, Corner and Yamo create a couple good chances for me, but I missed that. So, uh, hopefully I score uh, next time. Now, Brendan, was that your post-game interview that you did with Clem? <laughs> yes, it was. You did a good, you know one thing you did that was real smart? What's that? You slowed the question down. <laughs> English is not his first language. I tell you, if a guy was interviewing me in Russian, he'd really have to slow it down. You know what I'm saying? So I was well done on your part because when you're dealing with a player that is someone that doesn't speak the language uh, firsthand, you do have to recognize that, you know, and, and he's trying. Like, he's trying. They have, they might have a player there. Can I tell you the funniest part about that is when we pulled him out of the line as they're all walking to the dressing room, he stops and he says to me, why do you want to talk to me? I didn't have any points tonight. And I started laughing and, and so did uh, so did Kate Doyle who was standing right there. And I said, Clem, everyone loves you. What do you mean? So it, it's almost like he's, it's kind of lost on him. And maybe that's part of what everybody loves about him is he's just being himself. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Connor Yamamoto. Moda, meanwhile, says the players-only meeting. Uh, Mark Spector and myself discussed that uh, on Wednesday. The players-only meeting paid off. Uh, you know, after practice yesterday, we had a you know a little team meeting, and we just said we need to keep our foot on the gas. Um, you know, I feel like we came out strong in games, and then kind of let our foot off the foot off the gas, um, and you know let teams creep back in and um, you know win games. So I think our big our big goal today was just um, you know keep pushing forward and you know never be satisfied. And Zach Hyman adds, uh, the orders need to string together more efforts like they had last night. This wasn't like the, the first time where we played a full 60. I think it's it's about, you know, what are we going to do next, right? Like, can we string these together? Can we can we play like this consistently? Um, and as we turn the page here, we got a, a, a great test coming up on, on Saturday, obviously, against uh, the team that knocked us out of the playoffs. So it's going to be a, an exciting one for us and just have to continue to improve every day. Subtlest of things. Do you remember when we had Mike McKenna on the show about a month and a half ago when Camel got off to a tough start? Yeah. Do you remember what one of his biggest issues was? Equipment? Guess who's wearing new equipment? Yeah. Jack Campbell. Interesting stuff. Uh, Another thing that he's got to continue to work on is uh, pushing into shots. Just keep that in mind. Last year, when Dave Tippett was fired, the Oilers had an 895 save percentage, and I said if they go 905 the rest of the way, they'll have a good chance to make the playoffs. They were way above that the rest of the way. 
ended up uh, top, I think, top 12 in the league in save percentage. Um, if Campbell can give them some cons- – if he can go 9-10 the rest of the season, 9-10, the Oilers will not only make the playoffs, they'll have a chance to compete for uh, – I mean, I know Vegas is ahead of them right now, and Edmonton's going to have some work to do. Don't write them off yet. I- I'm going to stand by it, 47-52 wins, not backing off that. When we come back, uh, for elite promotional marketing, Brendan Escott's going to bring you NHL today. This is Oilers Now. Very quickly, the Don wants to recognize the fans in uh, Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. The Don says, Bob and Brennan, we must give the people of Halifax and Moncton uh, a shout out for their huge support of the World Junior Hockey Championships. The crowds were amazing, loud, uh, flags flying, so many Canadian jerseys. Well done, says the Don about Moncton and Halifax. We go to NHL today for our friends at Elite Promotional Marketing. Edmonton owned and operated your local branded merchandise and specialists. Head to ElitePromoMarketing.com. That's ElitePromoMarketing.com. Here's Brandon. Totally agree with the Don on that front. Uh, Six games around the league tonight. Flames hosting the Islanders as part of that action. Tomorrow, of course, it's the Oilers and Avalanche on 6.30. Chad, 8 o'clock puck drop. Our coverage starts at 6.30. Dylan Gunther, we mentioned, scored the Golden Goal. Canada, 20th gold medal. Overtime at the World Juniors. Now, Gunther's off to rejoin the Coyotes in the NHL. Not the case for Shane Wright. He's been reassigned by Seattle to Kingston. Expected to be traded, though, to a contender in the OHL and a blockbuster in the next couple of days. January 10th, I believe, is the roster movement deadline. I have to double-check on that, but it is coming up real quick. Habs defenseman Caden Gooley out a minimum of eight weeks with a lower body injury. Condors in Calgary now to play the Wranglers Sunday and next Tuesday. Oil Kings get Medicine Hat tonight at Rogers Place tomorrow. They're in Lethbridge. And the Golden Bears get uh, Mount Royal. It's a home-and-home series. Starts at the Claire Drake tonight. Uh, there you go. 12:29 in Edmonton. Off to a global news, weather, traffic update with Eileen Bell when we come back from the Oilers Radio Network. Rob Brown.